you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to episode 234 of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. Coming to you on a dusty road. Good loving, I got a truckload. And when you get it, you got something. So don't worry, cause I'm coming. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Got what I got the hard way. I'll make it better each and every day. So honey, don't you fret, cause you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Play it, Steve. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Listen, I was born up on a side street. I learned how to love before I could eat. Was educated at good stop. When I start loving, I can't stop. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man Well, grab a rope And I'll pull you in and Give you hope And be your only boyfriend Yeah, yeah This week on the Black Man with a Gun podcast Shoot, Don't Shoot Rob's Reply Babs in the Woods Miss M Zombie Strike number 96 And Perseverance Celebrating life Liberty and freedom. I'm a soul man. 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 All right, thanks again for joining me under the washer and the dryer of the Blanchard Estates. How you making out? Man, what a day it's been. I almost didn't make it back here in time, but I'm so glad that you came back with me again. My name is Ken Blanchard. I'm the host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. You can reach me toll-free whenever you need to. Leave a message, a comment, or a critique. 888 or you can email me at your convenience at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. I promise to answer you back. Yeah. What's going on with you? Hope you're not underwater, as I was afraid I was a little while ago. But praise be unto God, I'm okay. This week, we got a shoot, don't shoot. The zombie strike, number 96. Rob Morse is going to reply to the racist comments of... Uh, Black Caucus and uh, Andre Carson. Mrs. M is going to talk about 9-11. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit too, but a little bit differently. You can find the show notes for episode 234 at kenandblanchard.com. And please comment on the shoot, don't shoot there. And if you don't see it, make sure you send me an email and say, hey, man, put that thing up there. Because I'm only doing about five things at the same time. Yeah, things are going pretty good. I'm preparing. And by the time you hear this, I may have already have spoke in Chicago. I'm due there on Saturday, uh, September 10th to speak to the West Side folks. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
I am going to try to record this bad boy. But in all honesty, I could use like two extra people. I could use somebody to be my audio or video guy. I could use somebody to be um, kind of the manager to keep me on schedule with stuff that I got going on. It's, I mean, I've been doing it, you know, juggling and doing all the stuff like a circus clown for a minute. But now, since I'm actually helping people and doing stuff, I mean, it it ranges from um, writing letters to people, to pastoring, to mentoring, to helping people find jobs. And uh, Lou, I didn't forget about you, man. I'm just trying to get some stuff in order. Brother Fulon, just hold on. We're going to find you a spot. Yeah, I can actually use some help. I'm not sure how to make it happen yet. And I thank you for those who have been contributing to the Urban Shooter Association. Them $4 a month is is keeping things moving pretty good. But, you know, I'm right at the point. If anybody knows how do you move into, into a nonprofit, how you, like, really set the thing up, I got a couple of good things from NRA about C3 or C4. Um, I need a little bit more than that. And if you got some legal brain power, like to move it to, to the next level, just send me a note. Help your brother out here. Um, I, I'm doing as best I can solo, but this thing can do a whole lot better if I had some help. Financially, I'm still a long way away from um, that money I needed to incorporate, but don't worry about that. We'll, it might take a year or two to get together, but hey, it's going to happen, right? It's tough. Stuff's tough. I thank you, a uh, few people who have contributed money to help me incorporate. Everything's going to come. You know, there's a, a dude with an RV down the street. He says, hey, I got this thing I'm holding for you. He works on Air Force, Andrews Air Force Base, and it's a beaut. My mobile command center for the Black Man with a Gun show and the Inner Wilderness Ministries is going to be the traveling thing. Well, that's the dream anyway. It's only $86,000. Yeah, only $86,000. I got to be out of my freedom-loving mind. But aside from that, I want to give a quick shout-out to Clint Byer of BuyerBarrels.com. Uh, Buyer Barrels is in the October edition of Varmint Hunter magazine and in the Brownells catalog. And you can check that out at VarmintHunter.org. They got a digital edition. Or... Go to Buyer Barrels. That's B-E-Y-E-R Barrels.com. Hey, Clint. Under the wash and the dryer. I'm glad to be here. Man, I thought my house was going to be underwater when I got home today. Thank God. It wasn't. Hey, I got some urban legends for you. You You ever wonder where the word piss poor came from? They said that it used to be they used to use urine to tan animal skins. So families used to all pee in a pot, and then once a day it was taken and sold to the tannery. So if you had to do this to survive, you were piss poor. But worse than that, you were really poor folks who couldn't even afford to buy a pot, i.e. they didn't have a pot to piss in, and they were on the lowest of the low. So the next time you're washing your hands and complain because the water temperature isn't just how you like it, Think about how it used to be. About the 1500s, most people got married in June because they took their yearly bath in May and they smelled pretty good by June. However, since they were starting to smell, brides carried a bouquet of flowers to hide the body odor. Hence the custom today of carrying a bouquet when getting married. Now, baths consisted of a big tub filled with hot water. The man of the house had the privilege of the nice clean water, then all the other sons and men, then the women, and finally the children. Last of all, the babies. By then, the water was so dirty, you could have actually lose somebody in it. Hence the saying, don't throw the baby out with, you got it, the bath water. And houses back then, this is probably like definitely a European Anglo thing, houses used to have thatched roofs, thick straw piled high, with no wood underneath. It was the only place for animals to get warm, so all the cats and other small animals, mice, bugs, lived in the roof. When it rained, 
it became slippery, and sometimes the animals would slip and fall off the roof, hence the saying, it's raining cats and dogs. And there was nothing to stop anything from falling into the house. So this posed a real problem in the bedroom where bugs and other droppings could mess up your nice clean bed. Hence, a bed with big posts and a sheet hung over the top afforded some protection. And that's how canopy beds came into existence. Now the floor was still dirt. Only the wealthy had something other than dirt. Hence, the saying, dirt poor. The wealthy had slate floors that would get slippery in the winter when wet, so they spread thresh or straw on the floor to keep their footing. As the winter wore on, they added more thresh until when you opened the door, it would all start slipping outside. A piece of wood was placed in the entranceway, hence a threshold. Hey, you're getting an education today, huh? It's probably all urban legend, but I got to share this stuff with you anyway. And in those old days, they cooked in the kitchen with a big kettle that always hung over the fire. Every day, they lit the fire and added things to the pot. Now, they ate mostly vegetables and did not get much meat. They would eat the stew for dinner, leaving leftovers in a pot to get cold overnight and then start over the next day. Now, sometimes the stew had food in it that had been there quite a long time. Hence the rhyme, peas porridge hot, peas porridge cold, peas porridge in the pot, nine days old. That's right. Sometimes they could obtain pork, which made them feel pretty special. And when a visitor came over, they would hang up their bacon to show it off. It was a sign of wealth that a man could bring home the bacon. They would cut off a little to share with guests and all sit around and chew the fat. Those with money had plates made of pewter and food with high acid content caused some of the lead to leach into the food causing lead poisoning and death. This happened most often with tomatoes. So for the next 400 years or so, tomatoes were considered poisonous. Bread was divided according to status. Workers got the burnt bottom of the loaf and the family got the middle and the guests got the top or the upper crust. Lead cups were used to drink ale or whiskey. The combination would sometimes knock the imbibers out for a couple of days. Someone walking along the road would take them for dead and prepare them for burial. They were laid out on the kitchen table for a couple of days and the family would gather around and eat and drink and wait to see if they would wake up. Hence the custom of holding awake. Now, England is old and small, and the local folks started running out of places to bury people. So they would dig up coffins and would take the bones to a bone house and reuse the grave. When reopening these coffins, one out of 25 coffins were found to have scratch marks on the inside, and they realized that they had been burying people alive. So they would tie a string on the wrist of the corpse, lead it through the coffin and up through the ground and tie it to a bell. Someone would have to sit out in the graveyard all night, hence the graveyard shift, to listen for the bell. Thus, someone could be saved by the bell or was considered a dead ringer. And that's the truth, or according to the urban legend. Now, whoever said history was born. So share this stuff with somebody. Tell me you heard it here on the Black Man with a Gun podcast. And if it's not really true, it sounded good to me. So I'm just passing it on to you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, news-wise, there's a lot going on, but going to let that go for this time. Make sure you're... Uh, if you can get to the gun rights policy conference in Chicago, it's going to be at the Hyatt near the airport in Rosedale, Illinois, I believe, or Rosemont. That might be a better word. Um, see if you can make it, even if you can't stay. But say Friday night, we'll have usually the the meet and greet. It's kind of a open bar thing. Um, please come to that. Um, we're going to just have a good old time and don't stay up too late, even though the party is on in my room. Saturday morning, start early with the invocation and go on through with all the speakers and all the famous people that you've always heard about. You get to see them and meet them, and we'll be all sitting there 300-plus strong, and the gun rights policy conference dudes will be around, and all the heroes of the gun rights, all the 
kind of the second tier folks that you can actually get in touch and see. And then they'll be giving you all that stuff. You can have a, a table full of books and it's going to be amazing. So bring an empty suitcase because it's going to be a lot of stuff you can just get for free that they give you at the Second Amendment Foundation. And then there's a big table with all the books and stuff. And if there's any there, I'll, I'll sign some if you want to get an autographed copy. And I might have to go out and hang out in the hallway just because I'm not going to know how to act. I just feel so, I don't even know what the word is, just glad to be. And I want to meet some of you guys. So come on out. And then if I see you on the 10th of September, whether it's already passed or not, um, hopefully I'll find a video. I, I do got a new light and a new camera. And if I'll stick it up on a tripod. Maybe I can record my foolishness and we can play it. Episode 235, I hope. All right. Cool beans. Hey, let's get uh, Brother Rob in here. He had a commentary about the Tea Party comment and what the Congressman Carson talked about uh, last week. And this is beyond symbolic change. This is, this is the effort that we're seeing of Jim Crow. Some of these folks in Congress right now would love to see us as second-class citizens. Some of them in Congress right now in this Tea Party movement would love to see you and me, I'm sorry, Cameron, hanging on a tree. Some of them right now in Congress are comfortable with where we were 50 and 60 years ago. Hey, let me answer, Ken. I know that guy. He's Andre Carson, a congressman from Indiana. And he claims that the Tea Party is racist and wants to hang black people from the nearest tree. Well, Andre Carson is wrong, but I'm glad minorities in America have guns to protect themselves. I'm worried that not enough of them are armed. I can't imagine a better reason to risk my life than to protect my neighbors. Yes, my black neighbors, my white neighbors, my Hispanic neighbors, my Jewish or Muslim neighbors. Whether it is an immigrant, a religious, or a sexual minority, that is why we have the right of self-defense, to defend those who need our help, to protect those we love. I bet you feel the way I do. I don't care for guns, but I love that which they defend. And the Bible tells us to love our neighbor. What do you think, Ken? I think you're right on, Rob. Appreciate that, bro. And now, a message from EnergyFromThorium.com. Hi, everyone. Today, I want to introduce you to EnergyFromThorium.com. It's safe, clean, and cheap electrical power. Thorium is safe. It doesn't need a massive building to contain the steam. Thorium reactors operate at low pressure, about the same pressure as your car tire. Clean, liquid-fueled thorium reactors make almost no nuclear waste, and the used fuel decays in 300 years, not 30,000. Cheap thorium is found all over the world. We've already found a thousand years supply. It's efficient that the plants don't need to sit next to the river or ocean for cooling. It's small and it can be built on an assembly line like an airplane, not built on a site like a building. Let's do this. Energyfromthorium.com. Thanks, Allie. And now, Mrs. M. Mrs. M, welcome to the Black Man with a Gun podcast again. Hello, darling. How are you this evening? Oh, darling, it's been good, good. We had very busy weekend, darling. Oh, what happened? Well, darling, you know, I tell you last time that the Psyche, that's my husband, the Psyche is involved in the National Wild Turkey Federation. And you know, darling, you know the Barbara Bear, you know, you call her Babs in the woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babs, she's in the Turkey Federation, too. Oh, wow. So she was at the banquet too, darling, and uh, it was a very exciting evening, and they raised a lot of money for the habitat for the turkeys, and darling, they raffle off, or they have a drawing for the NFW, NWTF, excuse me, darling, NWTF Pistol of the Year, and it was a Kimber 1911 model, model 45 caliber, oh, semi-automatic. Nice. Oh, darling, darling. 
I get to hold it because Psyche, you know, he, uh, he stored the prizes at the house and I got to hold the darling. So, oh, it was a beautiful gun. <laughs> oh, so. What kind of gun do you shoot? Sense. I never, I never asked you that. I like gun, darling, you know, I like, I like, uh, I like her to shoot the 22 Barretta. Oh, really? Yeah, darling. I like, cause I like it away because, you know, I'm a little girl. I'm a little woman. And, uh, and, uh, well, you know, it's course, too light. It has a lot of kick if the gun is too light. And, uh, cause too heavy. I can't hold up. So, uh, so uh, that's only too bad. kind of is nice for me, but I do, I do have a fun. I, I have a Walter, darling. You know what, you know? Oh, that's you know nice. the Walter. Mm-hmm. And I love it to shoot with that. It's fun, darling. Oh, but it's got a lot of kick. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I forgot to ask you that before. So, twenty-two to play with, and uh, the Walter is your yes, darling. main thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun to go to shoot the range and to shoot with Barbara, or you call her Babs now, Babs in the woods. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I love that name, by the way. And uh, and we have a good time. We do lots of uh, shooting, and we uh, teach a gun the safety, or Barbara does the Babs, so she does the safety things. And uh, that's the Turkey Federation, also very strong on. Uh, uh, teaching uh, young hunters and uh, bringing them up to be safe and, uh, you know, all kinds of good things, darling. Very good things like that. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry, I had to check that out. Oh, yes, darling. And you know, darling, also, if you ever watch the uh, the television, the hunting channels on the television, mm-hmm. they do lots for the uh, the Second Amendment and uh, the safety, too, and the habitat. And, darling, it was commercial other day with Chuck Norris. Really? And uh, yeah, do you know Chuck Norris, darling? No, I never met him. Okay, well, darling, I'm, now, darling, I met the Chuck Heston. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. I told you about that. I told you about that in another story. But uh, but uh, I never met Chuck Norris. But darling, I think a Chuck Norris should be on your show. Oh, that'd be great. You know, and maybe I don't know. Maybe he come out to a convention in Chicago. You never know. Oh, you that's know? true. You know, darling. But I'm thinking if anybody listening knows a Chuck Norris. They should get a hold of a black man with a gun. And be on your show. <laughs> I'd be honored if that happened. Yes, darling, be very good because Chuck Norris do very good uh, uh, announcements for Second Amendment. He's, he's on our side, darling. He's very good. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> I've been following Chuck Norris since the Bruce Lee days. That's a long time ago, since the seventies. Oh, I know, darling. I know, darling. I love a Chuck Norris. I think he's so cute. Oh, but no, no, not tell Psyche. He could be jealous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't tell, we'll tell Psyche. No, we, no, no, nobody tell Psyche. So we keep it our secrets between you and me and all the people who listen. Oh, that's a good so, thing. Yes, darling. Hey, you know, on, on a serious note. Yes, darling. We're coming up on the anniversary of nine eleven. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. That's just it's a it's a mixed bag of of you know, sorrow darling. and everything. Is very mixed, and that's what I have to talk to you about today. That, uh, you know, darling, it's, this anniversary, 10 years, is going to be, oh, not bring up lots of sad memories. Yeah. And, uh, you know, also, darling, is going to be some politicians talking, and uh, lots of different things will come up. But, you know, darling, I have a message for everybody on mm. the 9-11, my thoughts. Okay. And, darling, it is, this is my thoughts, is that... Uh, Darling, as much as we feel sad, and it was very tragic, darling, 81 countries, I think, was affected by this tragedy. And, uh, you know, darling, the whole, the whole world, darling, uh, uh, most of the people, very sad for Americans that day. And, uh, and, 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 and it, was, it, was, uh, it was very sad. But I also think, as sad it is what, it was one of our greatest moments. It reminded me, darling, of a poor harbor when that happened because i was there you know i mean i was uh you know i was uh, american at that time and uh you know darling it reminded me of how the whole country come together and so i like everybody to to you know you might feel sad but darling remember darling that on the right away 9-11 hit and right away everybody come together everybody come together the congress darling you know how they always talk about the crossing the aisles and things you know well, darling, no idols that day. No idols. The Congress, they stood on the steps of the Capitol building and they sing a God bless America. I forgot all about no, that. Pol- yeah, no politics that day. And everybody come together, darling, and everybody come to help. And, darling, I have a couple good books I'd like to recommend. Uh, one is called 102 Minutes. Okay. Uh, it is about the World Trade Center, and you see that movie, the World Trade Center. I think. Did you see that movie? No, I didn't see that. 
It was a very good movie. It was about the two guys and what happened to them. And that was one of the stories, one of many stories in this book, 102 Minutes. And it's by a Jim Dwyer and a Kevin Flynn. It's a very good book. It was written in 2005. If you like to get a good overall story, the good perspective that day in New York, that was a very good book to read. And uh, the other book, I think, is very, is very moving. It's called uh, Among the Heroes. And Among the Heroes is about United Flight 93. And uh, it says United Flight 93 and the passengers and the crew who fought the back. And, darling, I know there are other books about the Pentagon, too, that I have not read yet, but I know there are very good books out there. Maybe some people could write in and recommend. Yeah. But I have to tell you, this is what got me thinking about these books, and that is that uh, United Flight 93, darling, this is very important to remember. Is, darling, I read this book, and one of the things they say in this book is that when everything was happening, and they are hearing from their loved ones what was happening in New York and at the Pentagon and all these things, the people in United 93, darling, they, they don't know exactly what's going to happen with the, the plane. And so they fought, darling, maybe not so much to save the Capitol building or Washington, D.C., but, darling, they fought to get back home to their loved ones. They just wanted to get back home to their loved ones. And I think, why did they do this, darling? Because they were raised in a country that taught them how to be free, how to think for themselves. A country, darling, where everyone has the freedom to choose the God of their own understanding. This gives them independent thinking. Independent thinking. Nobody waits for someone to tell them what to do. This gives them the thinking to do what they had to do. And darling, they came up with a love and a courage. Love and a courage brought the data plane down. Hmm. That's all right. What do you think, darling? You think this is true? Almost definitely I think it's true. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. Love and courage. Yes, love and courage, darling. Love and courage. And love and courage because they were raised in a country that had a freedom of a faith and the freedom of independent thinking. Mm. And we must never forget. Yeah, never forget that. You know, I think other thing if somebody wants to read the kind of uh, remember this uh, day is uh, if you don't have time to read uh, the book, is a pick up a September issue of a guide post. What? What was that? Yeah, the guide post. You know, darling, if you send in grocery store, you see that advertised, and uh, you can pick up a copy, and they have very good uh, recap of the story oh, and okay. the place. Yes, darling. So one hundred and two minutes. I'm sorry, darling? 102 minutes. Yes, darling, 102 minutes. And, and the other one was uh, Among the Heroes. Okay. By Jerry Longman. Gotta put that down so I don't forget that. Yes, darling. Are they big books, little books? Uh, is a, is a, Among the Heroes is a mod, mod, moderate book. Okay. And uh, 102 minutes, uh, it's a little bit longer, but very good. I read very well, darling. It's, I could not put down. It's either book I could not put down. Oh, excellent. So, let's talk about those two books again. There's the one on two minutes. There's Among yes. the Heroes. And you said make sure we check out Guidepost. September, September issue, darling. Of Guidepost. Okay. Didn't you tell me you were also traveling sometime soon? Oh, darling, yes, I go to South Dakota. What in the world's in South Dakota? Oh, darling, well, you know my great niece. Katina, you call her Katy, I call her Katina. Her mother's father was my brother. And uh, Katina, and uh, the, she drive up to South Dakota to see her mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Psyche and I were going to ride behind for a little while, and then we go to Black Hills. And the Katina, she go in the car, but Psyche and I, we take a motorcycle. <laughs> you going to be riding a motorcycle? Oh, you're telling, you're telling. We have a Honda Goldwing, a six-cylinder. All right. With a matching trailer, that matching trailer, <laughs> darling, is <laughs> a is a very 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 how you say uh, cheap looking. It, yeah, it is. Yes, darling. Oh yes, man, you know, darling, I'm very hip. And, yes, uh, yes, I you are. We like yes, we like the motorcycle and the psychic drive, and I ride on the back, and uh, it's very oh, darling, smooth, oh, smooth, and the poor like a kitten. Oh. oh wow. We go to Black Hills. Black Hills, South Dakota. Yes, darling. Hey, when I grow up, I'm going to be like you. 
said, uh, darling, I'm sorry. When I grow up, I'm going to be like you. Oh, darling, yes, darling. Well, darling, you know, you're a very nice boy. <laughs> and uh, you have uh, many years uh, to do different things. And, uh, you know, darling, maybe sometime you get your, your loved ones. You get the motorcycle and uh, you take a trip to South, uh, South Dakota and the Black Hills. We go every year. We've been going ever since the 1950s. Mm. Yeah, I gotta try that one time. Oh yes, darling. Oh, it's beautiful out there. Oh, this time of year is the crowd is not so bad now, and uh, and uh, it's more you know pleasant to be. The weather is very nice. And uh, anyway, darling, so we, I be gone for three weeks. Oh, we're gonna miss you, but I thank oh, you. Thank you, darling, for dropping by again and, and giving us some reminder about nine eleven and yes, darling, letting us know about your plans and giving us a couple of really good books to check out. Yes, darling. You're like my uh, my culture piece for the Black Mailer Gun podcast. Oh, thank you, darling. Thank you. Well, <laughs> darling, it's kind of you kind of the same thing for me. So. Well, bless you. Yes, you, ha- you have a great trip, and tell us all about it when you get back. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. And that was Miss M on the Black Mailer Gun podcast. Under the washing and dryer, and that thing's making up all kind of noise this time. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget crossbreedholsters.com. Triggers, sights, plugs, porting, barrels, slides, springs, grips, laser engraving, and more. LoneWolfDist.com. In 1986, I was introduced to the Glock 17 Safe Action Pistol at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center. Like Henry Ford's Model T, you could get your new purchase in only one color, one configuration. Today, there is Lone Wolf Distributors, the world's largest distributors of Glock accessories. You can tattoo, improve, customize, accessorize, and glamorize your Glock today like never before. Check out the catalog for yourself at LoneWolfDist.com. That's LoneWolfDist.com. Last couple of weeks ago, I talked about mob violence in malls, and Ben B. sent me something really cool. He says he worked for an armored car company for about seven years and had tons of stops in malls, and he wanted to kind of tell us something about how to think about the flash mob violence that might happen. And he says he wants to add something for our listeners. He says that malls are mostly set up the same all over. Big walkway in the middle, stores on the outside. Every store has to have multiple exits because of the fire codes. Most exits are in the back where it says employees only, but will have an exit sign. Some stores will have multiple doors. You're looking for the one with a keypad or without a keypad. Going through one of these exits is the best way to get out of a mall in any emergency. Simply go through any small store you are in near the, to the back, through the door, through the employee stuff, to the back door exit. All the exits will lead to either outside or a back hallway that most people have never seen. Simply pick a direction, preferably away from the violence, and follow that hallway to another exit. Work upstairs, downstairs, or anywhere. And he used these doors and hallways to move around many different malls efficiently and safely while carrying large amounts of money. And that's Ben B. Thanks, man, for that. Last week on our Shoot, Don't Shoot, everybody that answered was correct. Don't shoot. Your life wasn't in danger. You shouldn't even went downstairs. You should have called the cops. Good stuff. And you answered both on Facebook and on KenBlanchard.com. And I want to thank Leroy for letting me reminding me that I hadn't put that link up yet. So I'll try to do better in the future. This week? Are you ready? Shoot or don't shoot. You decide. All right, you're in the garage or downstairs and you got all your cleaning gear out and you are actually coming back from the range and you're cleaning your firearms. 
you got all your stuff apart, your guns totally disassembled, and you're just having at it. You got the music playing. And you look up, and somebody's coming through the door that doesn't live in your house. They're surprised to see you, and you can tell. Do you have a backup gun? Shoot or don't shoot. You decide. Let's see what these things do is when what you answer, there are a lot of people who lurk, who don't have, you know, they're not that brave. They, they don't ever contribute to a blog or they're not on Facebook. They just read stuff. So your answers, if correct, educate. Send your answers to this one on Facebook and on KenBlanchard.com under the shoot, don't shoot scenario. Thanks. HagerWatches.com In the northwestern city of Maryland, known as Hagerstown, a new watch company begins. The watch is called Hogger. It is designed by a U.S. veteran, a watch aficionado, a patriot that wanted to leave his mark in history, offering a quality watch for the active person that didn't break the bank. Automatic movement, water resistant to three atmospheres. The Commando features a unique fighting knife logo on the back and the Urban Commando look. It's not too big and looks at home both in the office or in the field. Hoggerwatches.com. Get yours today. And now, our featured presentation. Hey, this week commemorates a 10-year anniversary of a tragic terrorist incident in America known as 9-11. I wondered how I was going to cover this when I was affected as you were. It took me a minute. I mean, I had to actually think about it. And then, today, I had to rush home because... My whole neighborhood is underwater. I left work early because I wanted to make sure that my house was still livable. My studio was in the basement. I wanted to make sure that my guitar and my computers and all the stuff that I used to entertain and entertain you were still okay. Come hell or high water, I'm going to get the podcast out. I had already put in my mind that if I got the laptop out, I could probably dry that off easier and I'd put out a show even if it was only a couple of words to say, hey, this is what happened. But I got home and the water had made it to just blow my fence. I was spared by the grace of God. Come hell or high water, I was going to get this show out. And it changed the whole theme of 9-11 that I was going to do. I had listened to Michael Bain's show and uh, that was some dramatic stuff. If you haven't heard it, give a listen to Downrange Radio. But I didn't want to go back like he did. 9-11 affected me in a different way. I'm sure it did you in some different ways as well. Ten days before 9-11, I gave my first Initial sermon as a Baptist minister, a licentiate. I stumbled in August, and there's only a few people who showed up because I'm nobody. And um, I spoke to a pretty empty church in front of friends and family and gave my first sermon. And I got my little certificate that said I could preach only at the behest and, uh, of my pastor at that church or as a guest with permission. And I was starting my move on to learn about, you know, being a minister. Enter school and all that. Ten days before 9-11. After the tragic events, after the world changed. I kind of changed too. I was a whole lot more rah-rah before then. It was coming to an end as I got or became part of the ministry world, the gospel. But I really changed after 9-11. I wanted to see the bright side behind every darkness. 
I'd been shot at. I had been missed by bombs. I had been in skirmishes around the world, wars that were not ours. I was there on purpose to protect the people who I was working with. I had seen some gruesome stuff. I had failed at becoming a firearms instructor of note. I was still all high speed and low drag, and I was warring mostly with myself. But now, ten years later, I have a peace that surpasses all understanding. I have this show, which has been going on for four years. I have people like you listening to me, and that makes me really happy. I have friends I have yet to see, but that email me on a constant basis, that send me messages via voicemail. 9-11 changed me. I changed jobs, actually. I didn't want to do what I was doing anymore. I wanted to help people. It was a 10-year move to change Ken Blanchard. I had failed at a lot of stuff, trying to do this gun rights thing. But you know, nobody trips over mountains. It's the small pebbles that cause us to stumble. If you pass all the pebbles in your path, then you will find that you have crossed some mountains. You know what? I may not be there yet, but I'm closer than I was yesterday. My message after this 9-11 anniversary is for you to persevere. I don't know what you're going through. As men, we like to suffer in silence. We'll keep stuff to ourselves. We will so nice and so hard on the outside that we'll let ourselves rot and have ulcers, stomach problems, and everything else, heart attacks, kidney stones on the inside, suffering in silence. But whatever you're going through, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't surrender. Maybe your marriage didn't go right. Maybe you didn't treat your child like you're supposed to. Maybe your job is the worst thing in the world. Maybe you can't even have or find a job that will sustain you as you want to. Maybe you just got laid off. Maybe you just got separated from the military and things are not looking so good. I'm here to tell you to hang in there. Perseverance, steadfastness in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Galatians 6, 9, New Testament book says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. I'm asking you, I'm telling you, in this post-9-11 world, there's some stuff that's just going to make you want to lose your mind. When I ran home today, I was just terrified. Straight up, I'm going to tell you, I was scared. I saw pictures of the town of Upper Marlboro underwater. I live right down the street. I saw neighbors getting uh, pulled out by canoe and rescue people, just like up in Patterson, New Jersey. I, I And Pennsylvania is going through the same thing. This whole East Coast thing is, a, is amazing. I'm just saying, in this post-9-11 world, hang in there. Do not give up. I know there's a feeling of dread the weather is not cooperating. The job market sucks. We got all those politicians saying horrendous things, but not making any sense. I'm saying from your brother from a different mother, hang in there. This too shall pass. You just got to keep on fighting. You just got to keep on stroking. Do not give up. There's a story about a man who bought a ticket on a cruise ship, then took on board a supply of cheese and crackers. And throughout that voyage, he retreated to his room at mealtime to sit alone and eat his self-imposed rations. Now, near the end of the voyage, the captain sent for him and asked if he was dissatisfied with the food service on the ship. And the man said, well, the food certainly looks fine to me. Well, why then haven't you seen, have I seen you in the dining room? The guy said, you once were observed sitting in your cabin eating crackers and cheese. The man said, 
I only had enough money for my steamship ticket. I didn't have anything left for meals. To the man's great dismay, the captain replied, the price of all the meals was included in your ticket. This man could have been eating breakfast, brunch, lunch, high tea, dinner, and a late-night banquet on the promenade deck. Instead, he had settled for a diet of cheese and crackers, all because he had failed to take advantage of all that was available. Many times we see our lives in the same way. We shortchange ourselves and fail to grab hold of all that we might have if we were only willing to see ourselves as possessing a ticket that included life's banquets. Yeah, the world crapped on you, but don't crap on yourself. Of all things, keep your own self positive. Keep yourself up. If you need an extra hand, an extra word of encouragement, send me an email. Call me. I will call you right back. 888-675-0202. Blackmanwiththegun at gmail.com. I'm not playing. That's the real deal. That's why I'm here. In this world of East Coast earthquakes and tropical storms and earthquakes and floods and famine and burning and fires and no jobs and bad economy and rising gas prices and rotten politicians and so many negatives in the world. You keep looking up. You keep holding on. A big shot is just a little shot. They kept shooting. You stay in the fight. Come hell or high water. Babs in the Woods. From womensoutdoornews.com's Barbara Baird. Hey, black man with a gun. This is Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. This is another installment of Babs in the Woods, and today I'm out in the field with Marty Davis. Marty is one of our one guns at Women's Outdoor News, and she writes a blog called Marty Davis Afield. Marty, welcome. Hi. Hey, tell us a little bit about um, about your hunting experiences. Well, I've been hunting for about 14 years now, um, mostly here around home in southwest Missouri, but I do like to venture out into other states and out west. been out west a couple times, got an elk and a bear. I tried my hand at pronghorn one year. It wasn't very successful at that, but I enjoyed uh, all sorts of hunting. Uh, dove, waterfowl, turkey, deer, you know, pretty much whatever season's open. You name it. So, Marty, you are on the pro staff for quite a few for quite a few companies. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Um, currently, I'm pro staff with Nightingale Game Calls, uh, Mossy Oak, Moultrie Products, which is Moultrie Cameras and Moultrie Feeders, um, I also have currently picked up a couple of new sponsors, Code Blue and Strut and Rec Energy Drink. Woo! All impressive companies, Marty, all impressive. Uh, well, I think today you're going to give us a little tip, right? Yeah, I'm going to give you a little tip on setting up your trail cameras. And we just noticed this because I've been out with you today while you've been setting up a new a Moultrie Products game camera, right? Yeah, I was putting out one of the new M80s, one of the little mini cameras. Good. And you did one other thing when you were finished after you'd set it and you got it ready to be turned on, the last step. I secured it to the tree. Uh, you know, you hate to think that you have to do that, but in this day and time, unfortunately, you do. I uh, go to a local lock company, okay. and I get master locks that are all key to like for all my cameras. Therefore, I don't have to fumble around and try and find the right key for the right camera lock. Oh, Okay. So you can uh, you can get keys locks that are key to like, and I run a cable. It's a six to eight foot uh, steel coated cable around the tree, and then I padlock it to this camera to uh, secure it. Is that a monkey or a dog? I'm not sure what that was. <laughs> Something beached from a tree locally. Is it in season, Marty? I I don't think it is. I think not sure. Distracting. There's one, Marty. Yep. Well, or maybe it's a hawk. Well, it might. Yeah, it's a little bit big for the. Well, all right, Marty. Well, thanks. Is there anything else that you can think of? Were we finished no. with that before we were distracted? There I think we pretty much got it. I'm not sure what that is. All right. Well, thanks, Marty. And you can, uh, if you want to read more about Marty Davis and from tips from Marty Davis, check out womensoutdoornews.com, Marty Davis Afield. And thanks, Ken. This is Barb Baird, Women's Outdoor News.
Thanks, Marty. Thanks, Barbara, once again. Zombie Strike. This used to be an extreme sport watched by millions around the world. We hunted zombies on a man-made island in the South Pacific. Well, that was then. This is now. Chapter 96, Part 9, Epilogue, Nielsen Rehabilitation Clinic, 30 August 2011, 1000 hours local, countdown, 4 months, 1 day. Steve Mountain opened and closed his left hand. He felt all the little electric motors working as they translated the signals from his brain to the artificial muscles and nerves in his new hand. The docs told him that it was all a phantom feeling. The actual nanotech and piezoelectronics were far too small for the nerves in his wrist to detect. As a medic, Steve could intellectually understand it, but he still felt it every time he opened and closed his hand. Still feel weird? Quentin McClintock asked as he walked into Steve's room. Quentin had been a guest of this same facility when he'd lost part of his right leg. In fact, a lot of the same hardware that had been used to connect up Quentin's prosthetic was used for Steve's new hand. Quentin had gone with Steve to help his teammate adjust to the advanced prosthetic. Steve smiled as Quentin sat down. The gentle giant had been more of a help during the real rough times than Steve really wanted to admit. The Steve wonders how something can feel so sharp and so alien at the same time, Steve said. Yeah. I imagine it's stronger in a hand than it was in my leg. Sometimes when I'm standing on a rocky path, I know exactly how many stones are under my right foot, Quentin said. For how amazing the technology was at the Nielsen Clinic, there were still limitations to the human sensations the prosthetic could replicate. Touch was the worst. Steve's hand could tell him the temperature of what he was holding within a thousandth of a degree, give him some sensation of pain if the temperature exceeded what the hand should hold, but Steve would never be able to feel hot or cold like every other person took for granted. The best analogy was to imagine that your eyes were replaced with HD television screens. Utterly precise in the rendering, but not quite the human sense the body was accustomed to using. So, how did this morning go? Quentin asked cautiously. Steve did pretty decent. Even assisted in some minor surgery, Steve answered. Doc Jewell was mighty impressed with the Steve's medical ability. Quentin chuckled. Not surprisingly, considered how much experience you've had patching us up, Quentin said. Not counting your chemistry skills. Steve just shrugged his shoulders. He'd never admit to Quentin, but the Happy Juice cocktail had been more of an accident than something he'd meant to brew. One of the nice things about Zombie Strike being based outside of the U.S., Steve didn't have to deal with the busybodies from the FDA. On a more serious note, we need to get back to Skull Island, Quentin said. The Steve figured as much. Docs don't like it, but we're flying out tomorrow. Skull Island, 30 August 2011, 0800 hours local, countdown, four months, one day. Mateo Cortez stared at the report on his screen. It was starting to blur. He rubbed his eyes and reached for a coffee cup. Empty. As he looked at the styrofoam cup, he felt the last of his adrenaline burst fall away. He was tired. Maybe he should get some sleep. When was the last time? He looked over at the clock. Oh, that explained it. He'd been up for about 36 hours. Why am I not surprised you're here? A frustrated female voice said at the door of the conference room. Mateo turned to see Rachel standing in the doorway. Her face was a mixture of relief and anger. Mateo felt a flash of guilt. He'd promised Rachel he'd go to bed around midnight, 
last night, but there was so much to do. Between zombie outbreaks and fighting truth attacks in a few friendly countries, the zombie strike was being run ragged. And then there was Mateo's special project. Rach, I'm sorry, I lost track of time, Mateo apologized. The anger on Rachel's face lessened, but it didn't vanish. You've been saying that a lot, she replied coldly. Rachel stopped and took a deep breath. She walked into the conference room. She still had to use crutches or a pair of canes, but she was able to walk. That was only because of intense surgery and physical therapy combined with her own iron determination. As much as it hurt Mateo to watch her struggle to make it to one of the chairs, he was also incredibly proud of this woman. It surprised him when she'd more or less forced herself into his life, but now he didn't want to think about life without her. I know, and I'm sorry. You've been dealing with a lot, and I haven't been there, Mateo said. Rachel gave him a surprised look. Did you ask what Jess to say to calm me down? Rachel asked, half-choking. Mateo's face reddened. My God, you did? Sort of, Mateo said. The feelings are mine, but she did help me with sorting them out and putting words to them. One of the things that doomed my marriage with Maria is that I never knew how to talk to her. What she needed to hear from me. And I never took the time to find out. Call it machismo, pride, or whatever. I don't want to make that same mistake again. Words are all good, but actions speak more, Rachel said. I know what you're facing, but as much as the world needs zombie strike, I need you. Mateo leaned back in his chair. This wasn't how he wanted to do this. You're right, Mateo said. He leaned in and took Rachel's hand in his. Fear gripped him as he looked into Rachel's eyes. He mentally slapped himself. He'd faced off against all sorts of horror. This shouldn't be this terrifying. Rachel, will you marry me? He asked softly. Rachel's eyes filled with sudden tears. No, she answered just as softly. St. Louis, Missouri, 1 September 2011. 1930 hours local. Countdown. Four months. She'd been called many things in this world. Demon. The Little Death. Vampire were all names that she'd heard since her master sent her to this horrific world. She hated this world. Nothing made sense. The very laws of this world were so different from those of her home. The master sent her because she could adapt to new worlds and their rules quickly. She was a scout. That was what the master created her to do for her people. It didn't make this world's rules any saner. She looked around at the deserted buildings as she clung to the wall of one of the skyscrapers. The zombie horde staggered on the streets below, never noticing her presence. She hated the horrible things. Dead things should stay dead, not as mockeries of what they once were. Her master would correct that as soon as he and the people came into this world. I should be grateful to those horrid things, she said to herself, practicing the crude communication of this world. They keep those meddlesome humans away from this place. The trip to this place was not something she'd ever wanted to do again. Only being able to travel at night was bad enough. Having to drink the human's blood rather than just ripping out their life energies was revolting. She shook and remembered disgust as she climbed from her perch to the top of the building. The two humans cringed as she returned to her nest. They had been dressed similar to those humans she'd fought when she'd come into this world. The weapons were the same, yet these weren't knights for one of the deities that nominally claimed this world. They served this odd human notion of a nation. America. What a silly name. She grabbed a skinny one. She needed to contact the master. The human screamed as she carved the symbols into him. Its scream stopped as she opened the portal. I have found the place, master, she said as her mind blissfully met the master's. He looked into her mind and drew out everything she had seen in this world. Not where I expected, came the reply. The master's words filled her mind like pure ecstasy. How she hated being separated from him. You have done well, my child. 
we will soon join you. Your sacrifice will be rewarded. The portal closed and the dark coldness of this world enveloped her. I will be rewarded, she repeated to herself. Her thoughts drifted back to the human with the bauble, the one that nearly killed her. She knew what she wanted for her reward. She wanted to take that human apart and savor its pain as she fed from him. The thought of food made her realize she was really ravenous. Well, that's why she snatched two of the humans. Bad Moon Rising. Read about it at Derek-Ward.com. Hey, friends. Did you gain an unwanted firearm lately? You got a gun you don't want? Did you get one in a divorce? Did you find one unexpectedly outside your house? I can help you get rid of it. Just email me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com and I'll be glad to help you find the alternatives. Thank you. All right, the whistle means it's time to go. Thank you for joining me again. I mean, really, thank you. Hey, I'm looking for some volunteers. If I can get some couple of people that are willing to start fundraisers wherever you're at, any way you want to do it, you lead the thing. And we all put it together for one pot. I need to, I need to get a, I need some help. I need to make this thing like a business, like a nonprofit. This, this entity that I'm doing where I'm traveling and talking and I don't want to do it anymore out of my own pocket. I don't want to do it like I've been doing it. I want to do it bigger. I want to do it better. I need your help. If you got some talent that you've just been sitting on for a long time, you a good event planner, fundraiser. You can make some event and get me out there and we can talk or I I ain't got to be there. You could start the whole thing up and raise some money. You'll be a part of the family. You'll be a part of the company that we'll we'll make. I'm just throwing it out there. If that's in your mind, cool. Could use the help. Remember, you can find me on Twitter, Ken N. Blanchard. You can find me on Facebook, Ken N. Blanchard and KenNBlanchard.com is the flagship site. There is a store there for stuff, for the zombie targets, for the book that launched a thousand hits. There are some affiliate links. There's some stuff. Even there's a zombie fit program there. There's a political thing, American Survival Bible Guide. There is a how to start your own FFL, one, two, three. That's on there. All that stuff helps the site, helps Zombie Strike, helps me do everything that I do and I can do a whole lot more believe me you if you need something call me email me I will do the best I can I can for whatever you need sending out prayers to all those in Texas and under the fire losing their homes I wish we just tilt this whole east coast up let some of this water just run down your direction because we got enough over here believe me Remember, you can find Zombie Strike at zombiestrike.us and in the Wilderness Ministries. It's a men's ministry for the most part, just for the fellas to talk about stuff that matters, church stuff, church to get your get your Christian plug, your church break in, your connection with the master, not me, the master, God, the most high. Check them all out. It's one of three podcasts under KenBlancher.com. I'm doing the best I can with what I got left. I want to thank Miss M. And she gave some good um, books. She always gives us some stuff. Some, she gives us movies. and She's my culture uh, expert. I'm, I'm loving her. I miss her while she's traveling. But um, when she gets back, if you like her, let me know. Like you love Babs. Babs is, man, Babs is, she's everywhere, man. She's doing it. And that piece she gave about the advice for male shooters to female, that part should be a transcript somewhere. That should should be written up. That's a good blog post. That'd be in somebody's book. Good stuff there. If you are a new podcaster, I know 
podcasting has been around for a while. But if you just started this whole thing and you want to know some stuff, some really good tips, some secret stuff that where I get my information from. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's coming from a dude named Dave Jackson, School of Podcasting. He has a podcast about podcasting and the dude is like lovable, honest. His podcasts are short, too short for me, but he gives you good stuff every week. If he doesn't have anything, he doesn't podcast, but he's been doing it for a minute and he has a good guest and good tips and his website is chock full of stuff that you need to be a good podcaster. So just in case you are a fellow podcaster and you want to know where I learned all my chops, where I got my stuff, a lot of it came from Dave, Dave Jackson. Now you know. Here is your friend and your brother from different mother under the washer and the driver in the very wet and soggy Maryland section outside the nation's capital. Podcasting since 2007, sometime in December, I believe. Kicking it. Once was called Urban Shooter Podcast. You can still get the app for your Android. Still get the app for your iPhone. You will find me free, though, on Stitcher.com. Also, Windows the Media Windows to Liberty.com, sorry, streaming and also LibertyBellRadio.com. And I'm probably somewhere else. I just lost it for a moment. Now, don't forget what I said about perseverance. Don't you dare give up. Until next week. Shalom, baby. Hey, and a quick shout out to Robert K, Anthony H, David E, Nathan, Jens, Patrick, Dr. No, Charles, Carlson, Chuck G, Jack, Shadrach, David, and my brother Lewis. I'm a soul.